look what the cat dragged in. And by cat, I mean, I don't know what I'm, I don't know where I'm going with that. It's the epi- it's episode two, 286 of the Jeff's the, this official title is the, is Jeff's the movie review show hosted by Jeff. And I am indeed hosting this. This is the show you're listening to it. It is Thursday, the 23rd day of July at 11.46 and 11 seconds in the a.m. Eastern Standard Time recording live to tape from the friendly confines of the home office uh, recording studio here in Parts Unknown, South Jersey. Another hot and steamy day. We had some rain earlier, but that is that is shuffled off. Uh, Humidity's high. Heat is going to be in the low 90s here again here in the East Coast. Uh, we're in the middle of a heat wave, and it's pretty annoying. And the air conditioner is running uh, uh, like like a like a crazy uh, uh, crazy man. And um, that's what you know how 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 air conditioners are wont to do. And um, we're going to be reviewing uh, a 2010 South Korean film called the man from nowhere now this is part of the true random 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 series where i use a website that uh basically goes to the entire database uh internet movie database the imdb every entry on there since 1900 to present te- present day uh and it uh shoots me out a movie show and if i can find it I have to watch it. And this one was streaming on um, Hoopla. Hoopla. That's where this one was. So, um, yeah. Uh, it, this was a this was a pleasant... I would say a more than a pleasant... It, it, this was a good movie. This was a... Um, you know, it's always hit or miss. Always hit or miss when I do a true random series. And I, and, uh, I either get some just really, really bad and boring pictures... Uh, that that I'm kind of that are painful to watch, uh, like the Daft Punk anime cartoon music video. Not a fan of that per se. But there's been uh, and and I just start re- I just started this up again. So every once every seven movies I'm going to be watching one of these. If I can you know if I can find the movie I have to watch it. That's the rules. And um, this is on Hoopla. Uh, so if you have a library card. You can download the Hoopla app to any of your streaming devices, and you can stream this film for free. And it's, uh, you know, it's weird, uh, in a sense. They because it's it is it's a very violent uh, movie, and um, I, I don't know for some reason I think oh, this is the library app would would only have like artsy or wholesome movies, but this is this is straight up a th- action thriller, uh, very Tarantino esque. I'm sure I'll state that in my written review for this as well, which I've yet to write. I'm going to pick out a couple uh, of clips, not a, not a bunch for this one. I'll probably do two, I think, and uh, just to, just to pepper into my written review at you know the URL, you know and love it. It's the last one we're ever going to have and need for the show. It's my, the My America. <laughs> oh God, this is an old website. the The movie review site is the Movie Review Show. Dot Blogspot. Com. We got a blog spot over here. Uh, Blogspot is a funny thing, and I could I could talk all day about that. Um, uh, how it's sort of um, 
this relic that seems like it shouldn't exist, but here we are. Still got the blog spot. And um, so, yeah, I had no idea what I was getting into. This movie actually has 100% uh, success rate, success rate, approval rate, <laughs> success rate, uh, approval rate at um, Rotten Tomatoes. I'm minimal, a minimal amount of reviews. I think there's like eight or nine reviews out there, but it's 100% nonetheless. And it is, a, I, I, you know, I'll say this. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know if it was a great movie. Uh, I'm constantly in awe of the fact that there's this global cinema that uh, I'm really uh, uh, lacking in, in terms of my having watched a lot of it. And so, you know, even, I mean, American cinema, I could spend a lifetime and God knows I'm trying to watch as much of it as you can, but then you forget like there's a whole, there's a whole a whole uh, whole universe of films that uh, are just so rich in history. And the South Korea one seems to be the one, you know, just in terms of scale, just in terms of scope and the quality uh, of the films. I just, I just reviewed the Indian movie, uh, a death in the Ganj. And that was another random pick. And that was also, that actually was very, very good too. I actually, I actually gave that one a nine. I'm going to give this one an eight out of 10. Uh, I do, you know, it was a little too derivative and a little too, uh, too much of a convoluted plot for me. I thought it was a, too many moving pieces to be truly, truly uh, excellent, but it was very good. And it was, it was, a, it was a solid, solid eight uh, for me on the score. Uh, the pacing of it is very good, even though it, I, th- I think it's a little confusing. I think they, they ramp up the violence uh, exponentially in a very kind of nice way. To, then when you get to the final scene... You're not. Um, it, it hits harder because you haven't been bludgeoned by uh, this nonstop kind of bloody fight scenes for the whole time. That's my. my it was my main criticism. I reviewed a movie, uh, oh, a couple dozen shows ago, and it was a one that's getting one that's got a crazy amount of hype that I watched on Netflix. The night I think it's called The Night Comes for Us, and. Uh, sorry. It's my my new phone ring. It's a seal going. So, uh, that was an Indonesian action thriller. That one to me it was the that there's so much fighting and violence in that that I was I was immediately just like I can't. It's this is all this movie is one. It seemed like it was just one long fight scene, and so there's no stakes involved. There's no there's no acting and there's no drama in between those fights scenes. So like this whole revenge thing, I, I you know you got to build up to something. And this movie does a really good job of building towards this kind of epic revenge, uh, getting justice from this mysterious character, the man from nowhere. And uh, you know it's it's a good, it's a really well paced film in that in that regard. Where the night the night comes for comes for us was technically very very good looking, but just the violence was never ending. I felt, and it was just like I never, I never could like catch my breath, or even I. Why do I care about these characters if they're just they're just kind of, you know, slicing each other up and shooting each other the whole time? Uh, so I didn't give that a very good. This is a much better film. Um, right about two hours on the dot. Lee Jong Lee Jong Byung. Why can't I? You know, it's funny. I can't. I'm very bad at pronouncing people, you know, these any name really. I'm, very, I'm not very smart. Lee Jong Byung, he is the uh, writer and director of this. So he's and he's written and directed 
think uh five four or five four from 2006 till present day four features he's written and directed uh and, and they all look i just kind of glanced at them they all look to be in this sort of crime thriller model mode uh which you know i i i like it's not my favorite type of film when i was younger i was i would have probably thought this was a little bit uh i would have been more blown away by this because you know it would have been like just the plot of it at all would have like you know really gotten me because to me it's so indebted to tarantino uh just crazy uh i in, in in the little bits of humor that are thrown in here the outrageous some of the outrageous characters the darkness of the underlying kind of plot you know in a way this is darker than a lot of um a lot of stuff that uh Tarantino would even do. I mean, there's some child slavery in, in this movie. There's uh right off the bat, there's a little like, and I guess in a way it's a good, it was a good kind of uh foreshadowing to like kids being abused. But they like one of the first things our, our hero is talked to is because there's a little kid involved and kind of a main character, little kid. And she says, you know, my mom thinks you're a child molester. And I was like, that's, ooh, that's, you know, coming out of left field sort of seemingly and kind of like in a weird dark way. But then you realize like there's not like a sexual uh, end game to this, to this kid- kidnapping of the kids are sort of put to work in like um, labs and also doing like crime stuff for this syndicate. And like I said, th- that's the parts of the movie that I felt were a little bit and possibly this has something to do with the fact that it's a, it, it, the density of it. Uh, is lost a little bit in the translation uh, and having this be a, a subtitled foreign foreign language film. Um, you know, it's... Yeah, I, I think... And there was a plot twist at the end that felt forced and... And I, they did plant some seeds for it. I guess, I, I don't know if I should talk about the, the you know... I feel like this is not a movie a lot of people have seen and that might ruin it. There is a plot twist at the end. I'll just say that like, I felt the, I, I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I, I, there's a villain character that kind of does like a, has like a good turn, but you don't really realize that until the end. And then there's also, it kind of doesn't resolve itself in a neat way. Um, yeah. And there's some comedy in the midst of all this violence. Like so these characters are outrageous. Like the, some of the bad guy characters are just like, you know, doing things like just, wonky shit and uh i felt like i i didn't i didn't hate that i just felt you know i felt like it was it was very much in uh it, i feel like tarantino this came out this being this coming out in 2010 when did the kill bill movies come out i mean like probably you know a few years earlier than this um yeah 2003 was the first kill bill so I mean, it's that that's not they're not that's not similar to this. I mean, in a way, this is kind of like a crossbreed of like Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill, and like it's a little bit more less less stylized. And but there's but the, but when they get into the fight sequences at the end, it is it is highly choreographed and very well shot. And it's interesting, some interesting cinematography, some tricks of uh, they use during the fight scenes. It's you know it's super well done. Interesting that I, I'm on the Wikipedia page and they count box office. By ad, by a number of admissions. Uh, that's interesting. They don't look at it like a number of dollars. It's so 6.2 admissions. I guess that's how many tickets they sold. Which to me is, 
kind of a, a a neater way to to do it, right? Like where you just like a that's just how many people saw it in the theater. Um, kind of puts like a more exact number on it because you don't, you know, you, I think everything costs different if you know three D versus not or IMAX. Uh, just having the admissions, um, is a little. It's a little fun to me. It's a little fun difference between cultures there to point out. Yeah. Okay. Do I have anything else to say about the man from nowhere? Very good. Very solid, uh, a solid to high eight, uh, type of score for me. Uh, it's a, it's, it's certainly a genre film, uh, in the thriller mode. I'll give it, I'll, I'll, I'll label it as a thriller more than an action. Cause I think it, you know, the, 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 the who the who done it or what's going on aspect of it I think uh, renders it more in that genre. I've been having a lot of uh, issues lately with with how I label genres on on the website because I have I've just been picking one genre uh, per movie, and it is limiting uh, in a sense. But I feel like to try and do that is is an, is a kind of an interesting way to 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 kind of group these films together. Like if you had to pick one, what would it be? Um, and that's what I don't, that's what I've been doing over there. And I've been trying to post a, an archive review to the site of the 300 plus, um, still, I still yet to, to get, to have to get through. So this is an epic, uh, huge, you know, ginormous project. And, um, the funny, I, the, the last archival one was episode 10 Snowpiercer. And like I, I can't re-listen to myself. I wrote a little bit about this, but I can't re-listen to myself talk. And so when I write the reviews for these movies that I have not seen in five years, uh, or sometimes sometimes I've rewatched them, but mostly not. Uh, it's it's difficult for me. I find it very hard to write the reviews. So I'm writing like a paragraph each to try and kind of like in present day give you my take on the film. Because I didn't write anything about these films for the most part up until episode like 200, I think, so or, or something like that. Uh, there's a lot of movies reviews that I'm just writing on the fly to try and fill out the site. Uh, is what it is. Not perfect. I don't love the, 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 exactly the way I'm doing this, but um, they're getting out there. They're getting up. So what else can you say? What else I can? Well, the only thing I can say right now is that this show is ended. Go in peace. I love you. I love you. Oh God, I'm taking this like a serious turn. No, I do love you. Please, um, I'm gonna say like and subscribe, but like, you're not really. Don't don't do anything. Just kind of just continue living your life. However, whatever you've been doing. Bye. A radar. You know, it's funny how you learn about things. Now, now I feel like, as a cinephile, uh, you know, obviously you you know about certain movements and genres and directors and actors. And they're they're second now. They you know they're just they're just uh, they just come right to you. They're they are what they are. They're just they're just part of your knowledge base. But at the time, you know, you take you have to get to that point. You don't really you know it doesn't. It's not just uploaded to your brain uh, automatically. And so I went back and watched Waiting for Guffman. And I remember I lo- I loved it when I when I first saw it. I was like, this is this might be his best film. And then you know I have not watched all three of these movies in a while, and I still have yet to watch Best in Show and A Mighty Wind. And they're next up on the uh, rewatch for me. I also got to squeeze in the Fifty Foot uh, Attack of the Fifty Foot Woman remake uh, because uh, that's another one he directed. So I got to be thorough with my filmography reviews. 
Um, but this is a really great movie, and I struggled with the score here because when I went into it, I was like, you know what, this is probably going to be a classic. I think this might be his. You know, at the time, I was thinking this might be his best film. But having rewatched it now in my memory, and again, it's hard for me to talk about this in terms of how it ranks because I have I haven't rewatched Best in Show and Mighty Wind, but I was a little bit. Um, not put on. I, I I guess I was. I, I it left me wanting more, but not in the way that I was like I was satisfied and I just loved it so much. It left me wanting more in a way that I was like, man, they this they could have padded some of this stuff out. They could have added a little bit more uh, focus on the on the songs. Some of the songs they rehearsed, but then a lot of them you're not really hearing to the to the final performance of the actual play. And when that happens, it does. It's 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 short. It feels like it doesn't feel rushed, but it just feels like that could have been a larger i could have absorbed that in a in a, in a like a larger um portion if that makes sense uh i and i and i'm not sure if it does but i i feel like also and it's not just the music but i feel like the, these characters are, are so rich and they're such great characters and you got um uh parker posey just uh, her playing her kind of sad sack but uh also somehow also extremely cheery and perky uh yeah, uh, Dairy Queen employee who's just sort of a you know a southern, uh, a kind of a lost southern belle uh, type, um, which which she kind of is a reoccurring motif for her uh, to some degree in some other some other movies. I know and I know in the mascots film she's sort of playing like in uh, if it it feels like she's playing a version of that although it's a little different. Um, so you know, the, the the principles here, and there's a bunch of the reoccurring actors, but I'll just talk about the the, the main cast who are really kind of the heart of the film. So Parker Posey, and then you've got um, Eugene Levy uh, as a dentist named Dr. Alan Pearl, who is this totally dorky guy, but he wants to let his he has this artistic side that he's just finally in his later in life trying to like let burst through, and that's a funny conceit right there. And then you have Fred Willard. And Catherine O'Hara, who play a married couple who are a married couple of travel agents. And um, Fred Willard's amazing, as is Catherine O'Hara. And they have this kind of darkness that's bubbling under the surface, this like tension to their marriage of just like not exactly being happy and fulfilled in this small town life of, uh, you know, they're, they're like the regulars in the play and in the musicals in town. And, uh, you know, they their their rehearsal scene is a great scene. And then the other Bob Balaban plays a great uh is deadpan. Uh and he's the musical director of the theater staff. He's the piano player, does the music, and he's just frustrated by his relationship with uh Christopher Guest, who I didn't mention also is the star of the film, as of course Corky Sinclair. And I would say it's Christopher Guest as the actor is his most iconic role for sure. I feel like um he is in some of these other films. Uh, he's, you know, he's in Best in Show, but he's not the not not one of the real feature prominence uh, prominent guys in that. What well, what does he is he in a Mighty Does he act in a Mighty Wind? Man, I've, it's been a while since I've seen a Mighty Wind. I know he has the Basset Hound guy. Oh, he's in. Oh yeah, it's because yeah, Mighty Wind. He's part of the the Spinal Trap Trio, the Spinal Tap Trio. Uh, Harry Shearer and Michael McKean are play like a, a bluegrassy kind of country band in that, which is neat to see them because the three guys from Spinal Tap, the actual actors themselves. Uh, so 
Yeah, he's in all these movies, but again, this is the one where he sort of shines. I would say it's his most famous character. Uh, also makes a, a cameo. The character makes a cameo in mascots. Uh, kind of shoehorned in there, to be honest with you. But uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, but yeah, so I was like thinking maybe this would be, this would hit the classic. Well, I don't. It didn't feel like a classic to me, and I don't know if that's that's a, that's a struggle I have with uh, comedies in general, or if it's uh, that this one is not a classic, but maybe the other two are. I don't. I don't know. I gotta. I kind of got to see how it um how it feels in the all together. Maybe there's not a not a single ten in this filmography, which isn't to say that this is not a fantastic film. I'm it, it's it's I'm quibbling. You know, it's it's a quibble. It's a quabble. It's a nitpick. It's a it, it's it's meaningless at the end of the day. It's this is a solid nine out of ten. Uh, it's a great film. It's I would say easily one of the best comedies of the 90s uh and and in terms of the mockumentary genre it's extremely important and uh one of the best ever made along with the other two it's a, it's a fantastic trio of films and i'm sure i will have uh nothing but kind words to say for the other two films uh but i, I don't know what i don't i can't it's described the emptiness i felt a little bit of just an emptiness but not in a way that like I, you know like i said left me wanting more but in the way that you you just think you, you need to see more and have more than not in the way that like this was I was so fulfilled I want more. Uh, so is that all I got? Yeah, it's kind of in quick in and out with the waiting for Guppin review. Hopefully that uh, uh, it's a film I really do love. That's why I feel like I feel weird for critiquing it and not not just heaping praise upon it. But uh, I feel like that's that's my job. So that's what I got to do. I I'm sure. And again. I don't know if this is this is not something I'm seeking out, but I'm sure there's there's a faction that finds the Corky St. Clair character to be offensive. Um, you know, oh, I'm reading something. It's interesting. The DVD apparently contains two songs that were edited from the cinema release. And... That's interesting because I feel like there could have been more movie, uh, more music in this movie, and that's why because um, the songs are great. The songs are written by get by Christopher Guest, Michael Keane, Harry Shearer, and William Ross, and they're um, of course the three guys, the three guys from Spinal Tap who wrote the wrote the Broadway esque uh, musical numbers in this, and they're all they're all super quirky and fun songs and funny songs. Uh, but again, I, the thing I was just saying is, 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 is his, is, is Corky St. Clair a problematic character? I don't even want to, why I even want to address this. I think it's a funny character. Uh, he's doing a very stereotypically gay, uh, mannerisms. And then he, but then he, the joke of it is, is that he, then he, he references the fact that he has a wife who we never see. And apparently no one's ever met in the town. And, um, I think that's a funny gag. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's people, is that, I'm sure if I Googled it, there's an article that says, uh, Corky St. Clair is problematic. Um, but relax. It, that's a funny little goof and he's a funny character. And I think he's a, uh, well, well-intentioned. I love the end of it too. And he has the, re- the remains of the day lunchbox. I thought that that's one of the funnier little, just kind of, um, goofs on it. Uh, at the end, the postscript, uh, which also felt like I could have had more of. Like, I I just love these characters, and I just felt like I was like I, I felt like I wanted to spend more time with them. The eighty four minutes wasn't enough. It was really out of love that I critiqued this film. 
as as I do as such. Okay, folks, the two hundred was it eighty fifth edition of that movie review show is in the books, and I will say that I am nearing the end of my Christopher Guest rewatch and review series. I've been re- I've been writing and reviewing them as I go, and uh, not holding off on the writing and reviewing, which I've been doing with some of the other directors. Every director, I'll, uh, when I do a film focus on a certain on a director's body of work, I'm going to just tackle it from whichever way feels right to me. And this and this is the way I've been doing it, releasing these kind of one one at a time, or in this case, two at a time. But I hope you enjoyed this double shot of the movie review show. And that that is a to me this is a this is a monumental moment in my life because I'm all caught up and now I've I've all the movies I've watched recently that I've wanted to review I have reviewed. And I am at uh, what we like to call ground zero here in the biz. And uh, from ground zero, there's only one way to go. You got it, baby. Up, up, and away.